Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. As you develop your skills working through the dental hygiene program, you will gain the knowledge and skills to be able to treat more complex patients, patients that have more complicated dental situations going on, or difficult care plans, or challenges that create it hard for you to care for those patients. There are patients with specific special needs, so there's treatment considerations that you want to be thinking about when you are working with these patients. In this episode, we're going to talk about what a special needs patient is. Specifically, this episode will cover pregnant patients. And by the end of this episode, you'll be able to really identify what a special needs population is and understand the appropriate treatment considerations, as well as some of the alterations that are needed in order for you to be successful at treating patients who present with special needs. Special needs is defined as any patient who would require some kind of modification of their treatment or additional considerations in order for you to be able to adequately provide care with minimal risk. Considerations of the specific needs of each patient creates really ideal conditions in order for you to treat each patient population according to their specific needs, wants, and desires. It's really a way to meet the patient where they are. Now, taking a look at what we would define as a special needs patient, perhaps as a pregnant mom or an adolescent in your chair, or maybe a young child or an older adult. Think about all the different considerations or alterations you would have to make for each one of these patient populations. The first thing you want to do is properly identify some of the considerations for each different patient population and what changes you would need to make or alter in order for you to adequately treat that patient with minimal risk. Some patients with special needs will have a reduction in their physical abilities and they have a lower capacity to care for themselves, which in turn limits their ability to perform adequate home care on themselves. As dental clinicians, It's really important for us to provide specific, individualized support for our patients that present with these special needs in order to meet them where they are, to meet their needs and help them support the process of adequate home care. So think about it in a broad sense. Your patient has a situation that creates limitations or challenges and it creates the need for alterations to their care. That's what we're talking about when we talk about special needs. It's a patient who needs special alterations or treatment considerations. These patients have a reduced ability to maintain their own oral health, and so they will need supportive measures in order to meet the challenges that they face. Consideration of these changes 
helps us as clinicians to deliver adequate care that is ideal for these populations. Now in this episode, we're talking specifically about pregnancy. And I want you to keep in mind that not every pregnancy is planned and not every pregnancy is a celebration. So when your patient comes in and reveals to you in the operatory that they are pregnant on their medical history, don't make those assumptions. You wanna use your listening skills to allow you to obtain more information from your patient about their current situation and where they're at in the process. You wanna also proceed with caution when you're providing insight on some of the risk factors involved for the patient. Consider their history and consider where they're at in the process of understanding and comprehending that information that they are pregnant. Sometimes you'll meet a patient and they've just found out. They're going to present differently in the chair than somebody who is about to give birth. So it's important for you to tread carefully through the discussion with your patient so that you are supportive and show empathy. Any information that you're giving and care that you provide needs to be at the consideration of what your patient shares with you. Now, pregnant women do have some elevated risk with some situations. Pregnant women are at risk for developing gestational diabetes which can exacerbate their own oral health changes. They can also have an increased risk of decay. Now, pregnant women are at risk of developing some complications with their oral health, and we're going to cover these in this podcast episode. Pregnant women can also experience depression related to the uncertainty of becoming a mom along with the fluctuations that are associated with hormone changes. Many women experience changes in their eating and sleeping patterns, and this can also affect their mood. They may become nauseous and very sick as well during their pregnancy. A lot of pregnant women can experience pregnancy-related gingivitis because of those hormone changes that occur and there is a risk of development of a pyogenic granuloma. It's important medically when you're looking at your special needs population of pregnant women to think about all these different risk factors and how that relates to oral health. Some of the changes with our pregnant patients in their appetite and sleeping and possibly the nausea and vomiting, all of that ties back to their immune system and it exacerbates their risk of periodontal disease infection and carries risk. So what do you think is the most important need of our pregnant patient? Now it's important as a student to know that pregnancy is divided into three trimesters and the most volatile trimester for fetal development is in the first trimester. And you'll learn this when you take histology and embryology that by the 12th week, The fetus moves and swallows and all of the oral cavity is fully formed and a lot of the development has taken place by 12 weeks. You'll also learn about things like the development of the teeth, lips, and the palate and some of the really important milestones that take place during fetal development. This is really important information for you to know when you're treating the pregnant patient, especially if they are newly aware of the fact that they are pregnant. This gives you an opportunity to provide them with some educational 
insight as to what's going on inside their body that they may not know. And during the second and third trimester, the organs are completed and the growth and maturity occurs with the fetus. And there is less risk going on at that point because of all of the major organs being formed already. But some things can still uh, harm the fetus at that time. Infections, uh, certain medications, and treatments that occur for the female when they're carrying the, the fetus during second and third trimester can still occur. So these are things that you want to keep in the back of your mind as you're moving forward with treatment for your patient. Let's start first with the most common clinical presentation that you will find when you're working with your pregnant patients. Pregnancy-related gingivitis is connected to some of the changes in the hormone levels that occur during pregnancy. Now, we typically see the onset of pregnancy gingivitis during the first trimester, and this condition can continue throughout the length of the pregnancy if there's no intervention or behavior change that occurs. Some of the clinical considerations, you wanna educate the mom on oral health and those related changes as a result of being pregnant. Soon to be new moms are sponges with additional focus on their unborn child. They wanna do what's right. But no matter what's going on for your special needs patient, you wanna keep the clinical considerations in mind you want to limit the amount of information you provide the patient. You don't want to overload your patient. Keep your instructions to them really simple, something that they can tackle, especially if you are giving them a new technique or changing some of the things that they're doing at home. They're going to need time to practice those new changes. It's also important if you want to provide your special needs patient with something new you want to write instructions down so that they can review them later when they're no longer in the dental operatory. When you're providing care to a pregnant patient, you want to treat the whole patient. The risk of diabetes is more magnified and prevalent for this population, so it's important to discuss nutritional concerns. Many expecting moms suffer from changes to smell and taste, and they can experience challenges in the dental operatory. You want to consider their comfort. You want to make sure they're comfortable in the chair. You want to consider that whether or not they're suffering from depression, their oral hygiene, overall oral hygiene, kind of big picture stuff, and find out if they're having trouble with nausea or smells. When we're treating patients who are pregnant, there are some alterations that have to be done to the patient positioning in order to treat them safely. Hypoxemia can occur when the organs are deprived of the correct amount of oxygen. So there's an alteration that needs to be done, especially in the third trimester. It's necessary for you to have that patient on their side, and you might have to provide them with some, some support under one side of their back. The other thing you want to think about is orthostatic hypotension, which is more common in pregnant women. This is defined as a feeling of dizziness or lightheadedness when you stand after being in a supine position. Now, it's more common in pregnancy because of the circulatory system. It expands rapidly during pregnancy, and the blood pressure is more likely to drop. 
Now this condition usually subsides after completion of the pregnancy, but it's something you want to be mindful of. Ways to avoid orthostatic hypotension is to return the patient to an upright position slowly. Allow your patient to remain upright for a little bit before they stand up. They can be potentially unsteady when they leave the chair, so you want to make sure that you monitor the initial standing and ambulating of your patient. Now, during pregnancy, there's also changes to the immune system, resulting in a change to the neutrophil function. There is a reduction in pregnant women's cell-mediated responses, which in turn increases the number of periodontal pathogens that are present in the oral cavity. This is important for you to know the oral changes for this special needs population. Because pregnancy alters the types of bacteria and there's an uptick in the amount of periodontal pathogens, there is an increased potential for disease manifestation. You want to remind your patient of the relationship of nutrition and oral health and how their pregnancy contributes to their oral health as well. Recommend small amounts of food throughout the day that are non-karyogenic. Possibly recommend the patient to chew gum that contains xylitol to really help them with some of those taste alterations and acidic exposure that occurs. Collaborate with your patient to provide support and comprehensive care. Listen to your patient's needs. Right? Your patient may tend to oversweeten or salt their foods which may aggravate some of their underlying problems or conditions. Note changes in their diet and how they've changed their behavior as it relates to food. Try to identify some of the perceptions related to those taste changes and body changes associated with pregnancy. Now, our pregnant populations are at an increased risk of developing gestational diabetes, as I said earlier. This causes the patient to be at a higher risk of developing periodontal disease and have a greater risk of developing caries due to the changes in the glycemic index contained in the saliva and biofilm. I want you to consider the changes to the patient's taste and smell senses as it relates to the diet as well. Your patient could be experiencing rapid changes in their oral health during this short stage of pregnancy. Now, the best news is that gestational diabetes typically resolves itself after the birth of the child. So keep in mind that if your patient tells you that they have gestational diabetes, you should have a red alert in your mind that they have a higher prevalence of periodontal disease, they're at a greater risk of developing tooth decay, and you want to make sure that their diet is well controlled because of their impaired glycemic function and some of the complications associated with that, you want to be sure that your patient is well supported in this area. Some of the risks associated with your special needs population, your pregnancy patients, is they can develop pregnancy-associated gingivitis, they can develop a pyogenic granuloma, and they can have an advancement in their periodontal disease, especially patients who already have periodontal disease. So let's go over those three main risks. Pregnancy-associated gingivitis occurs when there's an exaggerated immune response. Patients are at a higher risk throughout most of their pregnancy to develop gingivitis. The clinical appearance is very red and swollen, 
soft, puffy tissue, right? So when we're talking about those gingival descriptors, it's spongy, soft, shiny, and smooth, and it's very bulbous when you're looking at it. It can be really sensitive and tender for your patient as well. Now, a pyogenic granuloma, which is also known as a pregnancy tumor, it's a soft tissue and it's more acute inflammatory reaction. And in this particular situation, there's an enlargement near the gingival margin. And it's usually confined to one tooth. One of the interdental papilla develops this pyogenic granuloma. Now, the third condition that I mentioned is an advancement of periodontal disease. Now, what do you think is a safe treatment plan for a patient who has periodontal disease and now it's no longer in a stable state because of their pregnancy? Some of the things you want to consider when you're putting a treatment plan or a care plan together for a pregnant patient is their comfort level. What is their nausea or sensitivity to smells like? Is this patient somebody who's having a really sensitive time to some of the smells in the operatory? Keep in mind that there's an increased incidence of syncope when you're treating these patients. Your patient may be suffering from some depression. They may also have anemia associated with their pregnancy. This is something you want to keep in mind. They may have some respiratory problems while they're pregnant. So this is something you want to be considering when you're thinking about your care plan. Be sure that you understand the risks associated with gestational diabetes. Some of the general things that I'd like you to be thinking about, and this, this goes for when you're treating a pregnant patient or you're treating any special needs population. Some of the general principles are this. Would you be willing to be your own patient? You want to be sure that you are treating your patient with dignity and respect. Pregnant women may not remember everything that you say, but they will always remember how you make them feel when they come in to see you. You also want to be sure that you are treating to your patient's tolerance. If your patient is not able to move forward in a care plan that you and the doctor have presented to them, you have to accept that and maybe make some alterations based on their tolerance level. You want to continually reassess your patient for changes in their behavior. And the last thing I want to just remind you is to treat to your tolerance. What are you comfortable doing? There's a fine balance between your patient's needs and what you're able to provide. And you want to keep that in mind. This is just a general principle when you're working with any special needs population. You want to make sure that you are treating your patient to their tolerance, but keeping your tolerance level in mind. You don't want to get frustrated. And as I wrap up this presentation, around the idea of a special needs population, I want you to really think about some of these principles. When we're treating patients in our care, the most important question being the first one, <laughs> would you be your own patient? It's really important to be respectful and treat patients how you want to be treated, right? That golden rule. Do not overdo the treatment. If a patient simply can't handle it, even if you feel that they need it. And my last piece of advice is to remain patient and calm along the way. Although each patient is specific and unique with their own story and circumstances, 
it's important for you to understand the general rules and considerations for each patient type and population. Being prepared for dealing with the different types of patient treatments and patient populations and clinical considerations will go a long way at keeping you calm so that you can manage yourself as a clinician when your patient needs you. Thanks for listening today. In the next episode, we will be discussing the benefits and uses of fluoride. What a great topic and so beneficial for our patient populations. I hope you join me. Thanks. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.